How's it going today, guys? We are back here live once again in the studio. Another episode, Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, November 27th, 2018, guys. Um, week after Thanksgiving, I'm not going to lie, guys. Football was pretty rough to me this last week. I had to watch my Falcons get absolutely destroyed. I mean, it was... Uh, that was a tough one, guys. I'm still hurt about it, honestly. I don't even really want to talk about the game, but you know what? I have to, but I'll get to that later. Um, it was also a little rough for me. I had to accept the fact that Florida State's um, bull streak is over. We had the longest active, active streak in the FBS, and it's no more. I mean, it sucks, guys. It was fun while it lasted, but... I'm kind of done with football, to be honest. I'm picked up, I got to pick up a new team to bandwagon. I think I'm going to hop on the Steelers bandwagon, you know. Obviously, it's just more fun to have a dog in the fight, so you got to bandwagon somebody a little bit. That's usually the team I turn to when it's time to bandwagon somebody if the Falcons are out of it. College football, I don't really bandwagon. I just kind of watch for fun at this point, but... We'll get down to it, guys, but I'm actually going to start here on a little bit of a better note and give a huge shout-out to Atlanta United for doing what we had to do, guys. Up three, up 3-0 on aggregate. I mean, it was amazing, guys. I think this team might be able to beat, break the Atlanta curse. I know me and Yardage Locks are both saying we don't want to be known as an MLS city, but it's all right, guys. We won't be known as an MLS city because this is really what I wanted to start out on. The Braves got Josh Donaldson, baby. Josh Donaldson, the former MVP of the league, Josh Donaldson. I mean, I don't know if y'all watched the interview today or not when the, we introduced him as part of the team. Him and Alex Anthopoulos, our GM, were both on there today talking about the squad a little bit. And I mean, they were saying we're trying to give guys more days off and stuff, but guys, the Braves are far from done here making moves. I mean, adding Donaldson, what a great move. I mean, there's nothing you love better than adding a guy who's a former MVP, is a one-year $23 million deal. Uh, I love the deal because, I mean, Donaldson, I'm not going to lie, guys, i got to say how it is, and he's been injury-prone the last couple of years. I mean, he only played 52 games last year out of a 162-game season. That's not a whole lot of games. He played 113 back in 2017 for Toronto, but I really think that he was just an injury injury plague season for him but I think he'll be back and he'll be better than ever next season and Donaldson I mean when he plays well guys he plays an MVP level like we saw in 2016-15 I mean he hit over 280 both those seasons. He's got a lot of power, hitting 41-37 home runs. I mean, Donaldson is a beast, guys. He's out of Auburn. He's from the South. I mean, it just feels good to bring him back here. Donaldson, career, tears up the National League. He hits better against National League pitching than he does against American League pitching, which is kind of weird because you think the AL is the higher-scoring league, but Donaldson hits better against the National League. And I'm just pumped, guys, to have him on here. The Braves are out here spinning the money. We want to go to the final. I don't know if y'all saw or not, but the Phillies are listed as opening night. So, I mean, that probably means you're getting Harper Machado. So, Braves knew we had to go out there and get a bat to compete, and that's what we did right here. I love the signing. I mean, he's basically in here on a one-year deal. If he's not playing well, we can get rid of him. We can cut him. We can cut him loose if he's not playing or not playing well. I don't think that'll be the case, though, guys. Donaldson is an animal, and I think plugging him in here with this team gives us an extra. I mean, he's a beast in the field. He can. We. I've already talked enough about how well he can hit, but... This guy, guys, he gives us another veteran presence in the lineup, which is what you want. I mean, the fact that you're going to see Acuna first, I mean, nobody wants to see this kid. Acuna could be the next best player. I mean, it could be him and Mike Trout being the face of baseball here soon. Then you got Ozzy Albies. I mean, yeah, Albies struggled at the end of the season, but I think he's going to be back. I mean, he's only a second-year player. This kid's young. I mean, him and Acuna were two of the youngest players in baseball at one point in time, so... 
<laughs> only adds on from there. Then we got Threddy in the free hole in the three hole. Obviously, we're probably going to lose Markakis. I mean, it makes sense to me. Markakis' stats dropped off the last two years. He had a monster year last year. He played almost every game last season. I just feel like we got what we needed out of Markakis. It sucks. Time to move on. I want to thank you for everything you did for us, Nick. I really appreciate it. I mean, it's not over and done with yet. We could easily resign him. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I just think he's going to go out there and get a bigger contract from a team. I don't think we're willing to pay what he's going to ask for, but throwing Donaldson in there, hitting in the cleanup spot. I mean, stop it. Stop it, guys. That's unbelievable. The Braves lineup, we're going to hit the ball all over the field this year. It's going to be a fun team to watch, but I don't think we're done, guys. I mean, Madison Bumgarner's on the market. Corey Kluber's on the market. The Braves have tons of pitching prospects. We probably have 10 pitching prospects we could move. I think we could easily move two of those and go get us go get us a Bumgarner, and then we could easily... I mean, Bumgarner's the most dominant pitcher in pretty much postseason history. Madison Bumgarner is a beast, guys. I mean, we saw what he did in the World Series. We shut him down. I would love to throw him into our rotation. Then on top of that, you could go out there and you could go get Corey Kluber. I mean, it'd probably take three people, two pitching prospects and Camargo or Austin Riley to go out there and get him. It's plenty worth it. I mean, imagine if we had a rotation where you see Bumgarner, Kluber, uh, Fulte, Nuke, and then Gosman. I mean, I mean, guys, that's that's a nasty rotation. Then we can go out, spend a little bit more money and buffer up that bullpen, maybe move a starter to the bullpen, get rid of Tehran. I mean, there's a lot of moves the Braves can make. We're far from over, guys. Me and Bid Bolton, we did a couple MLB podcasts. We'll start together. We'll uh, probably podcast together on Wednesday or Thursday and talk a little bit more about this, but... I just want to say, guys, I'm really happy to have Donaldson. The last thing I'm going to close this segment out with before I get into the football and meat of the podcast here is I just want to say that Brian McCann, I love bringing him back to Atlanta. I hope it's able to re-energize him because, I mean, Brian McCann hit like 212 last year. He needs Brian McCann needs something to re-energize him. He looked like he needed to call a midseason press conference to retire. So, I mean, BMAC, guys, he, he he's got 212, seven home runs, 23 RBIs. I mean, that's not going to get the job done. Is was the way I see it. So uh, I like what we have. It, I'm, I mean, I like our roster, but I'm not a fan of these catching moves. I mean, Brian McCann's 34. He's going to be 35 in February. So, I mean, he's a really old catcher in here. We also got Tyler Flowers. Flowers did not have a good season last year. So way I look at it, guys, McCann's the backup catcher. Flowers is our starter, and we're going to need a little bit more catching. I mean, I, th- I think this could be the downfall. We might need to go out and get J- JT Real Muto. I mean, catching is a huge defensive position. you got to have a good defensive catcher. I don't think Flowers is that great. McCann's old. He only played 62 games behind the dish last year, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, like I said, guys, the Braves are far from done. Who knows? We could get rid of Flowers and go out and get JT Real Muto still. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, guys. But this lineup is stacked up, and I'm really, really excited to watch. You know, like I said, guys, it's been tough for me with my teams. I mean, I didn't expect much out of the Hawks. I'm actually really happy the way the season's gone, and we've been losing all these games. I hope we get back on track tonight versus the Heat, get another loss, start another 10-game losing streak. But... I mean, Florida State and Falcons just kind of let me down. I feel really let down about the Falcons, and that's where I'll start NFL talk out. I mean... It just sucks, guys. I mean, you know, nobody, these people make fun of us and stuff for being Atlanta fans, but if anything, we're better fans than these Boston fans are. I mean, you get to watch your team win championships every single year. I have to watch my team have the best, have the best roster in the league, rated the number one roster in the league, yet 
This is what happens, guys. Everybody gets hurt. We're four and seven now. We lost four games in the last 10 seconds. I mean, we played with the Saints that entire game. We could have easily won this game if we didn't turn the ball over so much. Our offensive line's depleted. Our defense is depleted. I mean, it just we just can't catch a break right now, guys. Look, I know a lot of people are calling for Dan Quinn's head right now. Yes, Dan Quinn's lost four games in the last 10 seconds. Yes, I like I said, those stats coincide me. There's all that stuff going against Dan Quinn right now, but I can't part ways with Dan Quinn, guys. And my main reasoning being, first off, I still think Dan Quinn, you got to give him one more year. This will be his fifth year with the Falcons. Give him one more year, see what he can do. I mean, Dan Quinn's a great motivator. He's a great coach Monday through Sunday or through uh, Friday. It's just on Sundays, man. He just can't make the right decisions. And I think he needs one more year, one more chance as a head coach. Um, I like what he's done with this team. I want to see him with with a completely healthy roster. I mean, we forget how bad we were with Mike Smith. Dan Quinn turned us around pretty fast. He won that, I think it was five or six games in a row his first year. Then we kind of fell off. But then the next year, we came out hot. We went to the Super Bowl. I mean, we we looked good with Sark on offense, guys. I mean, we just turned Julio fumbled. Freaking Calvin Ridley fumbled on the one-yard line. Matt Ryan fumbled. I mean, that's not Steve Sarkeesian's fault that we're having all these fumbles. I mean, he can't do anything about that. Sarkeesian does a great job calling plays for this team I don't think it's his fault by any means it just sucks guys that our defense has played decent enough to keep us in these games yet our offense somehow can't get the job done the last two weeks like against the Browns I mean it's I just feel like that the the goal line just cost us so many games this season the Falcons have just been so close but I mean, guys, I don't think we need to win another game at this point. Let's go ahead and rebuild for the rest of the season. Let's restock up in the draft. Let's come back next year with a vengeance, ready to fire. Hopefully, we can stay healthy. I mean, in the NFL, you got to be able to play through injuries. We just had way too many. It sucks. There's some teams that can go out there and do it. We clearly couldn't get it done. So... I'm not calling for Dan Quinn's head here, guys. I say we keep the same stability in the front office. I say we just pack it in, get ready for next year, guys. I mean, we just couldn't do anything about it. I'm really disappointed in the way the season went, but I can't. I don't want to blame any specific person. I'm going to blame the injuries here. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to blame it on injuries. I, I just feel like that's what cost us the season, but... It is what it is, guys. It sucks. I mean, I'm hurt about it. I really, I hate even talking about it. I, I hope we lose this Sunday to Lamar Jackson. I hope he runs all over us, throws all over us. But before I actually want to talk about the rookie quarterbacks, which I'll get to you here in a little bit, I'm going to talk about the Saints. And, guys, the Saints are absolutely dominant. I mean, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, two-headed monster. They got potential MVP candidate Drew Brees. And this is what I want to talk about, guys. I don't even think it matters, like I said last week at this point, how many wins or losses the Saints have. I think Drew Brees is getting the MVP award no matter what. I mean, the Saints could lose out from this point, I think, and he'd still get the MVP award. I feel like it's going to be the Lifetime Achievement Award for him. I mean, the Saints obviously aren't going to lose out at this point in the season. I mean, the Saints' schedule, if you look at it, guys, they play at Dallas. That's going to be a tough game. Saints will win that game, though. Dallas doesn't have the offense to compete with them. Dak Prescott is not beating Drew Brees head-to-head. Then they're at Tampa Bay. I mean, they lost Tampa Bay earlier in the season. They're not losing to Tampa Bay twice in one season unless they have, obviously, some serious injuries. And they're at Carolina. That's going to be a tough in-division rivalry game. Once again, I like the Saints still. Then they still have to play the Steelers and the Panthers. Both those games are at home. You're not going into New Orleans and beat them. The Saints will be fine, guys. I mean, at worst-case scenario, they might drop one of these games. If they drop anything, I could see it being at Carolina on Monday night. But the Saints played really well in primetime this season. I mean, I do not want to see the Saints right now if I'm anybody. The defense is playing better. Marcus Davenport, the rookie, saw him doing things. I mean, Cam Jordan... Absolutely dominant player. He's a beast. He's probably one of the best 
pass rushers slash run like guys and run support as well. He does a real good job both. But Sheldon Rankins absolutely dominated the Falcons. He actually he was like a schoolyard bully to Ben Garland. He took his lunch money. He took his sack lunch. He ate his Doritos. He ate his fruit snacks. He took everything from him. He absolutely dominated this kid. He just straight bullied him. The Saints offensive line or defensive line bullied our offensive line. And that's big time right there, guys. And that's what you got to do. That's where football's won and lost is in the trenches. And that's what cost the Falcons last week. But I think this is a lifetime achievement for Drew Brees winning this MVP award. He's knocking on the door right now. It's kind of like how James Harden got the MVP award over LeBron. It's kind of like that's why I think that Russell Wilson or Jared Goff are one of these guys are the next closest or Pat Mahomes. But you just Sean Watson, even I mean, all these guys are good candidates, Todd Gurley. But you can't not give the award to Drew Brees, guys. I mean, he's been so close so many years. He's never gotten it. It's his time. Give him the award. He deserves it. He's playing some of his best football late in his career. You got to recognize all that. I think it's I think it's just like Harden. You're so close so many years. Steph barely got it over you. Um, Russell Westbrook barely got it over you. You've been knocking on the door so many times. Give him the award. He deserves it. And I'm a foul. Falcons fans saying this. Give Drew Brees the award. Nobody else in the league deserves it, but there are some fun games on Thanksgiving. I mean, the Redskins obviously got blown out. The Falcons, I mean, that game just sucked watching, but that Bears-Lions game was pretty good, guys. I mean, that was a big win for the for the Bears to not have Trubisky in there. If I'm the Bears, I sit Mitchell Trubisky again this week as you play the Giants. You're at, you're at the Giants. I mean, I think this defense is way too good. They make way too many plays across the field for the Giants to be able to compete with them. It's a Giants team that has fallen apart completely. I like the Bears once again in that matchup. I'm sitting Trubisky once again this week, but this Bears defense, guys, are the big difference maker with the game-winning pick six. Stafford's a gunslinger. He'd only throw him one interception all day. We should have known he was due. Um, Marvin Jones was out. I mean, this, this was an interesting game. It was the early game, but the Bears defense prevailed once again. I think the Bears are the only team in the league that really have a dominant defense at this point in time. If you look at most of the NFL teams, everybody's getting it done with offense. It's all about the offense, guys, but this Bears, de- this Bears defense, guys, is a total. As some people like to say, he's a unit, baby. This Bears defense is a unit. I mean, the Ravens have a good defense. The Bills, the Vikings, the Bears are fourth in the league in yards given up. Not bad at all there, but they're the second scoring defense in the league. I mean, this Bears defense is top in all the categories you pretty much want to be. I mean, they take the ball away. They do everything the right way, which is what you want out of a defense. And I love watching this team play, guys. I love watching Khalil Mack. I just... I just feel like that this defense, they make plays across the field. When you have a playmaking defense like that, you got a guy like Trubisky, you can get it done with his legs in untraditional ways. Trubisky's gotten better week to week, and they can run the ball. I mean, this Bears offense, Anthony Miller, young guy. I like Allen Robinson. Um, you got tight end Trey Burton, who came over from the Eagles. I like this Bears offense a lot, guys. I love everything that this team is doing right now. Um, as you all know, I was really high on the Bears coming into the season. So I I just think this Bears team is playing better football week to week, and that's what you want to do. You want to get better every single week, and I think they're going to be a tough team to play with once it gets down to the playoffs. I think they will be there in the playoffs. I mean, they get a lot of turnovers. They do everything right. So Bears, keep doing what you're doing, guys. Y'all are, doing great. Y'all are playing some great football right now. Matt Nagy's done a hell of a job with this team right now. He's my pick for coach of the year. I know that Andy Reid and all these other coaches are doing amazing things, but what he's doing with this young football team is something else here, guys. Um my other two team, other th- couple things I want to talk about here in the NFL before I move on here to a little college football. I want to talk about quarterbacks here. 
and Russell Wilson is an absolute beast, guys. In this game, so they they played they played pretty good game. I mean, you go down, I believe they're down like 10-0 or something like that at one point in this game, and Russell Wilson has put it on. He scored 13 points in the fourth quarter alone. He threw some huge passes. Um, he found more down the sidelines for that one for that uh, one-handed touchdown catch. The defense had some big time stops, like stopping the Panthers fourth down. They stopped the Panthers in short yardage down around the goal line a couple times in this game, which is huge, holding the field goals and getting them to go four and out on the Panthers' opening drive of the game. But Russell Wilson played an amazing game, guys. No turnovers, only took two sacks. QBR of 92.4, quarterback rating of 128.3. I mean, Russell Wilson balled out in this game. He left it all out on the field. He had 339 yards passing, two touchdowns running. He only ran the ball for four yards, which is kind of weird for Russ, but... He does the most with the least, guys. This is what you love to see out of a quarterback. Him and Andrew Luck, they both fought all game long. Andrew Luck did a hu- had a huge play where he stepped up in the pocket and made a third down the field. I really think we're seeing the emergence of some great quarterbacks. We even watched Sean Watson last night. He took off a couple times. He threw all over the Titans. Titans have a decent defense, guys, and he went off on them last night. Deshaun Watson balled out of his mind. I mean, this is what you want to see, guys. We got so much good young quarterback talent in the league. I feel like there's so many quarterbacks that come out for so long. They were trash. But we keep seeing these good young quarterbacks step up week to week, and that's what you want to see. Like Watson, he had three for 210, two touchdowns, and then running the ball, he had nine rushes, 70 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's almost 300 all-purpose yards, three touchdowns. That's what you want. They ran the ball really, really well last night, but these young quarterbacks are exciting to watch, guys, and you can't miss them week to week. Andrew Luck finally looks like he's back from his shoulder injury. Andrew Luck will be a top five quarterback at some point in time of his career. He's up there that highly. I can't put him in front of Matt Ryan yet. He hasn't really done anything in the playoffs, but he's knocking on the door right now. I'd say him, Phillip Rivers. My top eight quarterbacks right now in the league are, I've got to go number one, Aaron Rodgers, number two, Russell Wilson, three, Breeze, four, Brady, five, I'm going to give Big Ben, even though he threw that rough pick in the end zone, but I mean, can you blame him? He made the right choice. Number six, I got Matty Ice. Number seven, I'm going to go probably Andrew Luck and then number eight, Phillip Rivers. I mean, Phillip Rivers and Andrew Luck could be swapped. I think those are your top eight QBs right now in the NFL. All those guys are absolute superstars. I'd probably round out the rest of my top ten with... Uh, I don't know. It's tough. There's a lot of quarterbacks you could choose from. I'd probably throw Deshaun Watson in there and Jared Goff. I um, think that probably round, would round out my top 10. I mean, Pat Mahomes, too. I mean, those those 11 QBs right there are superstars. The rest of the guys bounce around week to week. But, I mean, we really watched some good quarterback play. The other thing that I want to say is how many more times do I have to say this, guys? The Packers are wasting Aaron Rodgers' best years. It's like pre-Miami LeBron, guys. He's being absolutely wasted. I mean, if y'all watch the game, this it's tie game, 14-all at halftime. I mean, they were up most of the first half, too, on, on Vikings. But in the second half, you can't do anything with the ball. The Packers disappear. They scored three points in the second half. This team could not do anything. I really think one of the biggest problems the Packers have is not having an owner. If you're an owner, how could you accept what Mike McCarthy's been doing the last couple years with Aaron Rodgers? You have to do better than that. You would tell the GM to fire him by now. I think the GM and the owner should both be out. I think the Packers need to clean house. Honestly, I mean, you can't trade a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, guys, but this man's getting old. I mean, he's up there in age. He's 34 now. December, he turns 35. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is up there in age now, guys. I mean, I feel like it's kind of time for the Packers to clean house. You could trade Aaron Rodgers for a lot. 
Talking a lot here, guys. Anybody would pay top dollar for Aaron Rodgers. There's so much you could get in return for him. I'm not saying you have to trade him, but you need to clean house. He's only going to get older. I mean, by the time you'd be done rebuilding, he'd be 38 or so. I just think this Packers team's a dumpster fire. We watch them year in and year out do the same thing over and over and over again. And I just feel like Packers fans got to be fed up with I just think it's the same thing every single season here in Green Bay, and they're kind of fed up with it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers went to the NFC Championship game, I guess, two years ago against the Falcons, got absolutely embarrassed. So I just feel like the Packers are over and done with it. The Packers need to move on from what they've been doing. The formula is clearly not working, although I will say this. They finally found a run game with Aaron Jones, 17 carries, 72 yards. That's a lot better than they used to do with Ty Montgomery, but you got to see more out of Green Bay. Uh, Next thing I want to talk about here is rookie quarterbacks. Um, These rookie quarterbacks, I would just like to pat myself on the back here real quick. I wish y'all could see right now. I'm patting myself on the back here a little bit. Um, I've been completely right on all these rookie quarterbacks, guys. I mean, the best rookie quarterback by far, I mean, by far, in my opinion, has been Josh Allen. Um, actually, I, actually, I wouldn't say by far. It's uh, Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen have by far been the two best quarterback. Baker Mayfield is through for four touchdowns, 258 yards. He gets it done at every level. I know a lot of these traditional broadcasting stuff don't like Baker Mayfield. Oh, he talks too much. Oh, he's too flashy. Oh, he's too this, that, and the other. Oh, he got an MIP when he's in college. I mean, you're telling me you didn't underage drink when you were in college. I mean, come on now. If you didn't, I'm not even going to say, like, you're, you're just a boner if you didn't drink drink when you're underage in college <laughs> like come on now you didn't have any fun I mean you can't tell me you didn't want to have fun so you're telling me just because Baker Mayfield's college quarterback that he doesn't get to have fun I mean that's ridiculous come on guys I mean he's got it you got to let the man have fun I mean it's ridiculous there's plenty of athletes have done much worse stuff than Baker Mayfield has let the man have some fun guys so I love Baker Mayfield though I love the fact of how they played against Hugh Jackson and stuff they all clearly didn't like him I thought it was good win for the Browns good team win for them I mean you would just want to see rookie quarterbacks like this get better and better this is a big emotional game you saw Baker Mayfield handle his emotions the right way this is exactly what I want to see out of a guy like Baker Mayfield the next quarterback I want to give a pat on the back to here's Josh Allen right now my quarterback hierarchy for rookies at one I got Josh Allen two I got Baker number three I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson here number four I'm gonna go Sam Darnold and number five I'm gonna go with Josh Rosen I'll finish talking about these guys here in a little bit I'm Josh Allen balled out he was eight for 19 passing 160 yards a touchdown 13 carries 99 yards and a touchdown I mean that's running back that's Josh Allen is a freak athlete guys I've said this from the beginning he's fast he's big he's tall he can it's got a strong arm he's the complete package and we saw it nothing better I mean he made this Bills offense hum he's hurt he sat out for a little bit he used his bye week he got ready for Jacksonville piece this team up Jacksonville loves to talk they talk a lot and look at this Jackson Jacksonville and the Steelers kind of traded places the Steelers talked a lot before they played Jacksonville and they lost Jacksonville feels like they're underrated and now they're all out here talking and look what happens to them they get shown up they get embarrassed they thought they were the anointed ones they're sitting at three and eight right now they're eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, Buffalo's even got a better record from them. Buffalo is supposed to be the laughing stock of the NFL this year, and they just whooped their ass last week and whooped their ass in a fight. So, I mean, Jacksonville talked way too much. They could not play up to it. Jalen Ramsey, I mean, look, I'm a huge Jalen Ramsey fan. Y'all know I'm a Florida State fan, but close your damn mouth, son, until you do something. He got torched by this rookie quarterback that he said was horrible. Josh Allen will be in this division for years to come. The Bills are only going to keep getting better. They're going to keep building and building and building. I really love this young rookie quarterback quarterback in here 
I look for the Buffalo Bills to get better and better. Lamar Jackson, guys, I mean, he got it done once again. He's done a great job getting it done with his legs, and I think he gets better week to week, and that's exactly what you want to see. He sat out, he sat his time, and now he's come in as the starting quarterback, and he's helped the Ravens win and snap this losing streak they were on. He did throw two interceptions in this game. He still threw a touchdown. He had 178 yards passing. He's got to get better as a passer, but he's looking better. 11 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. He had a 39-yard run too. I mean, he got a lot better throwing the ball. He ran the ball less. He ran the ball 27 times last week, only 11 times this week. It's still got the victory. That's what you want to see, guys. He's getting better and better as the season goes on. He's got this offense rolling. I mean, the players look like they want to play for him. You see them putting in the extra work, making all this even through a 74-yard touchdown. Or not a 74-yard touchdown. He had a 74-yard pass. I think they were tackled at the one or something like that, but... I love what Lamar Jackson is doing for this team, guys. He looks like he's getting better and better week to week, which is exactly what you want to see. I mean, this team looks like they want to rally around this kid, and they love playing for him. He's fun to watch. He's what you want in the NFL. I just hope he can stay healthy. I love watching Lamar. I'm not going to lie, guys. I mean, you could say he's only had two starts, but I'm using recency bias here, and what I've seen out of him the last two weeks puts him as my third quarterback. Um, number four, Sam Darnold. Look, Sam Darnold's been about what I thought he was, guys. He's a 10 to 15 quarterback in the league. I mean, he might peak as an Eight quarterback. I mean, guys like that, he can hang in the 10 to 15, kind of like Dak Prescott. They can have that outlier season or so where they play really well. But I just think that Sam Darnold, I think they're sitting him out here because they're using the excuse that he's hurt and he hasn't played well. I don't think he's actually hurt. I think they're just sitting him out because he hasn't played well and they want to shut him down for the season, which I don't think is a bad decision at all. If I'm the Jets, I mean, he hasn't played well. May as well go ahead and sit him down now. Don't hurt his confidence. The last thing I want to say before I finish this segment, I'm not going to talk much about Josh Rosen because, I mean, he's just a cocky douche and he's played like one. He's gotten shown up. I mean, the play calling doesn't make any sense to me at all by Arizona, how they ran the, or passed the ball four times last week. I feel like you just want to you want to try to work on stuff with the Rosen, especially if you're Byron Leftwich trying to keep a job as a first-year offensive coordinator, but Josh Rosen was cocky. He talked, a, he said a lot of stupid stuff after the draft, and he's gotten shown up. And honestly, I can't say that I'm not upset that it happened to him. I mean, you got to silence him early and often. So that's exactly what happened to Josh Rosen. But that's all I got right now for NFL guys. I could talk for a lot longer. I mean, we'll talk we we'll talk matchup podcast this weekend. We'll talk playoff picture with matchups this week. There's a lot of good matchups once again coming out this week. Um, I put my um, power rankings on Twitter. I don't know if y'all want to go look at that or not. Check that out. I got the Saints again at number one. Pretty much the same top five as I had last week. Not much has changed there. Um, let's talk a little college football here, guys. I think this was a huge week in college football. First thing I want to say is I want to give a little apology here to Ohio State. I mean, y'all were absolutely embarrassing against these teams you should beat. Ohio State really hadn't impressed me, but that win against Michigan was impressive, guys. That was a statement win. I mean, you beat Maryland because they missed a two-point conversion. You beat Michigan State in an ugly game, an ugly Michigan State team. You barely beat Nebraska. You lose a horrible game to Purdue. I mean, the Ohio State really hadn't been impressive at all season long. They hadn't played hardly anybody this entire season. They struggled mightily with teams they should be beating big, but they came out and made the statement 62-39 to 39 over Michigan. Realistically, if they didn't have that fumble before halftime, this game could have been a lot uglier than the score says. I mean, 62-39 is still an ass-whooping, but I mean, should have been like 62-32. like 32. I mean, it could have even been worse than that. I thought Harbaugh got a little... I didn't like the fact that he went for two right before halftime. I think he was trying to chase points too soon in this game, but if you're a Harbaugh, man, I mean, what do you do next? You can't beat Ohio State. He hasn't been able to do anything really against Ohio State in this matchup. 
Um, I mean, he's just Harbaugh hasn't been able to get the job done, guys. We've seen it week in and week out. He can't get it done. He can't win the big game. He lost his two biggest games on his schedule. The Big Ten was pretty weak this year, if you ask me. They had a lot of high-ranked teams at the beginning of the year. Like I said, they'd beat up on each other and they'd prove who their winner, they're the pretenders and the winners. I mean, if you look at Ohio State, they got better week to week and they ended up getting a huge win. I don't know if Ohio State will get in the Final Four. Personally, I don't think you can put them in there over Oklahoma. You have to look at these teams' wins and losses. I think Oklahoma's loss to Texas looks a hell of a lot better than a loss to Purdue at Purdue. I mean, Texas has been a decent program this year. I mean, they don't beat teams bad, but they can play with you. Oklahoma has probably the best, second best offense, if not the best in the entire NCAA. Yet, at the same time, they have probably one of the worst defenses. I would put Oklahoma in there over Georgia. Um, That is assuming Georgia loses this weekend. Right now, my final four, the way it looks, at number one, I got Alabama. Number two, I have Clemson. Three, I have Notre Dame. Four, Georgia. Georgia, five Oklahoma, six Ohio State, seven UCF, eight Washington, nine Michigan, ten Texas. So I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dry right now, guys. I think this is the biggest college football Final Four they will ever put out tonight. Um, that being said. It plays a lot into this because, I mean, if they have Ohio State over Oklahoma and let's say that both these teams win that in Georgia loses, that probably means one of them getting in there over the other. I don't think Clemson, even if they were to lose to Pitt, which is not happening, they're 26 point favorites that Clemson would get knocked out necessarily. So, I mean, it could be a complete shit show with everything that happens here in college football. I mean, imagine if Oklahoma, Ohio State and Georgia all lose UCF wins, they could jump up there without McKenzie Milton. I don't really see it happening, though, guys. So a lot of stuff could happen this week. It's going to be, this is one of the biggest, this is probably the biggest weekend in the entire year in college football. I can't remember there being this much weight coming into a rivalry set or coming into a bowl game or whatever, I guess championship Saturday. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word there, but I can't remember there being this much weight coming into one, but at the same time, guys. I really think that these games should be pretty cut and dry. I'll talk about them more this week, but going back to Ohio State, I mean, this was an absolutely impressive win. Dwayne Haskins played well. To say that Dwayne Haskins, though, had a Heisman Trophy performance is absolutely ridiculous. You can't put him in front of Kyler Murray or in front of Tua. I mean, Kyler Murray, to me, I mean, Alabama hasn't lost. Tua's stats are just as good as Kyler Murray's are, but guys, Kyler Murray has gone off this season. He has gone off. I mean, the way he's the way he's a dual threat. I mean, we saw the first play against West Virginia. He took off and ran for that. Uh, I guess it was like a 70 something yard touchdown. Kyler Murray has been balling out of his mind. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is second in the league in pass yards, but Tua plays against much, 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 much more difficult competition week in and week out. He's sitting right now at 15th in, pe- in total passing yards rather than we got a, a Dwayne Haskins sitting at second. I mean, touchdowns wise, guys, they're but they're all slinging around the field. Kyler Murray's third in touchdowns. Dwayne Haskins is first. I mean, he's put the stats up. Tua's sitting at fourth. I mean, all these guys are kind of jumbled up here. I just feel like you have to give it to Tua. He plays on the best team. He's played the best on the best team. I mean, Kyler Murray's right there with him. Kyler Murray's rushing stats, his yardage, and his passing yards and touchdowns are up there with him, but his rushing touchdowns and Rushing stats kind of give him an edge to me over Haskins. I mean, Tua, though, to me, has this award locked up. I don't really think there's much competition going on there. I'd take a quick little sip of water. Lots of words coming in on this one. Um, I'm definitely going to have some guests on for y'all later on in the week. I'm going to have Cohen, me and Cohen will do matchup podcast, and we'll do our second episode of the association. We skipped this week because of Thanksgiving. It's kind of a weird week. He had to work. I had to work. I mean, it was turkey day. I mean, we just really couldn't find a good day to fit in the podcast this week. But, I mean, from now on, Friday, set in stone every single Friday. Be on the lookout for that. 
Um, the last thing I want to say about college football, guys, is don't overlook Georgia versus Alabama. I think this game could be a little bit closer. I still might take Alabama minus 13, but Georgia has always been known to play Alabama close. This will be kind of like a home game for them playing in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Do not overlook them this week, guys, but we'll get into more of the matchups later on in the week. But this is going to be an interesting college football standing. I'm going to be sitting right by my TV tonight to watch that, so can't wait to see that, guys. I'm, I'm excited. That's my what to watch for tonight and this week. Um... Let's talk here a little bit about some NBA stuff. So last night, sitting there on my couch, you all know I love betting on the Magic. That's my team that I've been telling you all to ride. We are now 13 and 14 in the last 14 games wagering on the Magic. So, I mean, you all need to keep riding that with me. I know that I'm pretty good at picking out what this team's going to do. I mean, the, the, in the NBA, it's been going pretty well. Um, right now, my NBA picks, I'm hot. I decided to give you all some picks on Thanksgiving Day or the day before Thanksgiving. I was like, let's feast a little bit. I decided to start giving them out again. I'm 19, 8, and 1 since I went 8 0 that day. Last night I was 4 I'm 4 1 and 1 on maxes. I went 4 and 1 last night on picks, hit two player props. Not great games, not a great slate tonight. I'm going to try to find some value in it later on. We got to see who's in and out first. But first thing I want to say about the Magic, guys, is. Who says no to this deal? Look, Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac, to me, they are two of the highest potential players in the NBA. These two guys, I mean, Mo Bamba was knocking down threes last night, and he's done it multiple times this season. He's not getting a whole lot of minutes. He was two for two last night, though, for three. He had 11 points, six rebounds. We know how good he is at blocking shots. He had one block. Jonathan Isaac as well. I mean, these guys are huge. Jonathan Isaac was three for three from three last night. He's 6'10". Mo Bamba, I believe, is... How tall? I want, I want to get it for y'all exact here. I think believe he's 7'3". Oh, he's listed at 7 foot, but I mean, he's the longest wingspan we've ever seen recorded in the NBA. These guys could be these next level guys along with Aaron Gordon and Vucevic. I mean, the Magic could have a crazy roster and lineup here in the next couple of years. If I'm the Magic, though, look at your guards who you have. I mean, Terrence Ross has had a good season this year. Him and Fournier, though, both been hit or miss. It seems like one, they switch off each night going off. Um, DJ Augustine will not get it done for you at point guard. Jonathan Simmons, I kind of like him at the at the three. Magic got depth though of guys they can rotate in and out. I personally think here, guys, that the Magic they should move um, Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac. In or or even this, I like this even better. Honestly, guys, move Vucevic and one and probably Jonathan Isaac or Aaron Gordon. Just Aaron Gordon straight up, or they need to work some sort of deal out. They have the pieces they could send to Washington to get John Wall. I think that'd be a good matchup for both teams. They could get a distributing point guard. John Wall obviously needs a change of scenery, guys. I think Orlando has the assets, the young players to put around him. I really think this could be a good move for this Orlando team. They've made had some bad GMing moves. They've moved on since, and I really think this team can do some good work with what they got. So I'd really like that. Um, interesting thing here is Devin Booker wants a super team to come to Phoenix. That's why the Suns are obviously tanking this year. Be crazy if they got R.J. Barrett and Devin Booker on the same squad. Go out, get one more player. I mean, the Phoenix, Phoenix, if they get if they get a top three pick, they will be stacked out the ass. This roster is so young, guys. I love the depth on this young roster. I thought the Suns would have a good season this year. It's clear and cut and obvious, though, guys, that they're trying to tank. I mean, you got Devin Booker, T.J. Warren, DeAndre Ayton, Trevor Ariza, uh, 
Mikel Bridges, Josh Jackson, um, Jamal Crawford, I mean, Dragan Bender, Ryan Anderson. You've got a lot of talent on this roster. It's kind of time, though, for the Magic to do something with it. Obviously, Booker and Aiton are the guys you want to keep around. Ariza's only on a one-year deal, so, I mean, you probably let him walk after the season's over, but... If I'm the Magic, I'm combo trading TJ Warren and Josh Jackson for an already established, I mean, not the Magic, the Suns. I'm combo trading them for an already established superstar in this league. Pair them together, get that top pick. I mean, they could have four all-stars in their starting lineup easily. I mean, the Suns could be scary, guys. I mean, it sucks. I know the Hawks are in the same phase the Suns are. It's probably a three to five year process rebuilding. I'm going to have to ride it out a couple more years with the Hawks. But, I mean, they're doing it the right way in Phoenix, guys. They did it the right way in Philly. These teams need to keep on tanking it out and doing things the right way. And the next thing I want to talk about as a team, I've already talked about one of my teams on the rise in my last podcast, the Kings, who are currently sitting in the eighth spot in the playoffs. Like I said, I love the way Buddy Heald shooting the three ball. I love De'Aaron Fox. I'm a big fan of this Kings roster, guys. But like I said, guys, I mean, I love the Kings roster. I'm not going to lie. I had to pause real quick there for a second. I got interrupted. I kind of forgot what I was talking about a little bit. But going back to what I want to talk about, it's the Memphis Grizzlies, guys. I mean, they were in first place in the Western Conference there for a minute. I'm still trying to figure out what you're doing here, Memphis. I mean, you lose your pick if you're outside of the top eight. I guess they kind of want to run with what they got. But at the same time, though, if you look at this Memphis team, you can't win the championship. I mean, what's the point of what you're doing? I mean, Mike Conley, he's a good player and all. He's kind of old, though. He's at 31. He's 31 now. I mean, he's never really been a top 10 point guard in the league. I mean, you got 33-year-old Marcus Gasol. This team's clearly going to fall apart. Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of is the young stud. He's blocking a lot of shots, averaging 13.1 points per game, 4.6 rebounds. I mean, he's not. He's only getting 25 minutes a night. That's really damn good for what he's getting. He's shooting the three-point ball well. I like what he's doing, so... I'm just kind of confused here as to what the Grizzlies are trying to do, as are the Clippers, but these teams are playing real competitive. I look for a lot of these teams here. I mean, right now we're about 20, and those teams are anywhere from 17 to 21 games deep in the season. I'd say once you get around 30, 35 games deep in the season, that's when teams really start to press or teams start to blow things up. I mean, if you look right now at the Western Conference, the Rockets are 9-8, and eight, the Jazz are 9-12, and 12. you got the 10-10 and 10 Spurs. I mean, these teams, they need to start winning some games here guys the Pelicans 10 and 11 the Timberwolves at 10 and 11 I don't need Timberwolves are a playoff team though guys but I look for these teams like Memphis the Clippers are in first place in the Western Conference now I look for these teams to kind of fade out but at the same time I love the Clippers roster actually I think this is the most slept on roster in the entire NBA Tobias Harris he's scoring 21 and a half points per game just got Western Conference player of the week this week Giannis got it for the East Giannis is my MVP right now no doubt about it but Tobias Harris guys He's balling out of his mind. 21.5 points per game, like I just said. 8.7 rebounds leads the team in both. Lou Williams is running the second unit. Wells, the sixth man, averaging 17.8. You got Gallinari averaging 18.6. Montrez Harrell's averaging 15.8 off the bench as the seventh man. They have the best sixth and seventh man combo in the league. I mean, Shea Gildas Alexander, he's play, he's not playing too bad. I mean, you probably got the peskiest backcourt in the NBA with Patrick Beverly and um, Avery Bradley, as well as Gildas Alexander, the way he plays. And just let Lou Williams be your scorer slash distributor for this team. I mean, it's a really good roster here, guys. Gortat, not a bad option either at center. I mean, he's been in the league for a while, but Gortat's a solid guy, so... 
I like the way this team plays. They've got lots of these big forwards that can run the floor, which is really good mismatches for them. So, I mean, this Clippers team, guys, I think they're actually a playoff basketball team. I didn't think they were at the beginning of the season, but I actually love this team, guys. They're fun to watch. I mean, I don't know if y'all watch them a lot. They score a lot of points, man. It's a fun team to watch play. This Clippers team is a playoff team. Western Conference is competitive right now. I don't know if Memphis can make it. I mean, the Kings will obviously won't make it, but it's going to be interesting here, guys. There's a lot of teams jockeying for spots so the Blazers wouldn't make the playoffs. I mean, the best record is 13 wins in the Western Conference, and the team that's sitting out has 10. So, I mean, it's pretty much just like a one or two win differential between these teams. So, Western Conference is going to be fun to watch, guys. Fortunately, i got to conclude today's podcast. I've gone on long enough. I'm at 38 minutes. I appreciate y'all tuning in once again. Follow me on Twitter, at Hot Takes with TP3. My NBA picks will be on there. I'm on fire right now. I look to keep going tonight. Like I said, I don't really like tonight's card, but I'll figure something out for y'all. Me and Cohen will talk a lot more NBA coming up here later later on in the week. Um, we would, So much stuff to talk about, guys. So many interesting races. So many teams fading in and out right now. The Hawks have the worst record in the NBA. I love it, guys. I hope we continue that tonight, but appreciate y'all tuning in once again. Let's get ready for a huge weekend of college football, huge weekend NFL, and let's get hyped for the Braves, guys. I mean, that's all really all we got at this point is Braves and Atlanta United. So let's go five stripe and let's get it done here, guys. I'll see y'all next time.